Welcome to Pro Soccer Weekly. Pro Soccer Weekly. Welcome to Pro Soccer Weekly. My name is Phil Nasons. They call me The Flash. And my guys are here, Gary Lewis, also known as Gas, and Eric Laurentini, also known as Eck. They're in the house. Welcome, guys. What's up? Good evening, my American friends. How are we? Uh, we're doing good. <laughs> I'm great. I'm doing great, man. I can't well, believe how lucky I, said, I am. I said that because you, you, your friends and you guys are American. That's right. So, we are Americans, and I'm even admitting to it these days. <laughs> I wore a Team USA jumper out in public the other day. Jumper? Who wears jumpers? Uh, we do in, in Europe. That's a hoodie, by the way. Oh, a hoodie. Why didn't you just say that? A hoodie. Because, because we wanted to make sure to point out the difference that I'm not your ordinary American. Right, Gaz? Yeah, you are not. That's very, that's very true, mate. Very true. Very uh, Euro-American um, type of vibe around you. Yeah, because I've been around a few places. But uh, at the end of the day, there was a long time when I didn't want to admit that I was American. But fortunately, I had someone push me in the right direction. It took about a year and a half. But it's all good. And you know what? I'll tell you about going in the right direction, fellas. Pro Soccer Weekly picks are going in the right direction. We offered them freely last week, and we ended up about, what, 1300 bucks ahead? About 13 units ahead. We've been crushing the Champions League, and we've been crushing the EPL, and we're also now going to add La Liga to our list of leagues where we may give a pick if we like the league or like the matches. So I would say everything's going pretty damn well. I would agree. I would agree. Can I yeah, use the term flashtacular um, for this? Yes. I would say flashtastic, as uh, my little girl Scarlett likes to uh, say on a regular basis. All right. See, uh, that's my family. She's, uh, she's, she, yeah, she is. She's uh, obviously very fond of uh, our our friend and colleague, Mr. Lauren Dini. Oh, of uh, course. But obviously, she's uh, she's she's taken a um, she's taken a real shine to cash with Flash because you keep mentioning her at the end of every year. Uh, Every show, so and she's there. Uh, and I wasn't she's proud flipping to do that either. cartwheels at the moment. No, no, not at all. Is she's there. She, uh, she, she's thrilled. She want to yeah. come on the show? She's actually been with me a few times when we've done the show. Uh, is she there, there now? Quietly on her iPad. No, 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 she's not. She's there. Uh, she's with them on tonight. Oh, uh, that's a but shame. But she'll be. Uh, also, I'm going to see her tomorrow. So. Well, that's a good thing because if she was there, we could bring her on the show. So, wow, she, she would love that. I I've mean, never she doesn't talk to her talking. before. You know, for twenty three hours a twenty three hours a day, she talks in her sleep. But I think she'd uh, she'd get a bit of stage fright. I think, but we'll no, try. No, well, here's what I'll do. I, I'll tell you what. Call me tomorrow <laughs> night. Hey, listen. Call me tomorrow night when you're with her, and I'll talk to her for a couple minutes, and she'll get relaxed. Certainly, bud. Because really, she she's cool. You know what? She made my day when uh, a couple weeks ago. I was having a really bad day, and she's called me Uncle Phil. <laughs> <laughs> that is true. I was that having a really Uncle, shitty day. Uncle Eric and Uncle Cash with Flash. <laughs> yeah, Cash with Flash. We don't talk about the handicapping part with her, of course, but uh, yeah. No, it. of course. That's fantastic. I think, I think I need a nickname from Scarlett now. I'm feeling a little left out. Yes. No, nah, she calls you Uncle I Eric do. because she's actually met you. True. <laughs> yeah, that's that true. true. Yeah, she's been on your shoulders. Correct. <laughs> Correct. She's, uh, she's a great kid. I, I would think so. Yeah, of course she is. I don't just bring anybody on the show, but uh, she can do that anytime she wants. I mean, no, that's cool. I think I'm why not? Well, does she Absolutely. know anything about soccer though? She knows more than Eric. 
And she definitely, that means she knows more than me. I mean, she could take my place. I could teach her how to do this, teach her how to record, and, and I could take a couple hours off. You know what? Wait a minute. Time out. She, have you, she, have you seen my picks? Have you seen yes, my I, picks? Well, listen, that's why I got that in before we come to that. <laughs> she, you know, actually, she's, she's not, she's not, um, she's, uh, she's really keen on her dancing, on her netball, um, on her athletics. She's not really keen on, um, on, on soccer, um, and I don't think I've ever said this before. I think Eric knows this, but she's actually a Manchester City fan. Oh, <laughs> we'll straighten that out soon. Exactly. We'll straighten that out soon. But, uh, you know, and uh, for people who don't know, netball is, is, is very similar to basketball minus the backboard, correct? Minus the backboard, and when you've got the ball, you can't move. Right. So everybody See, has to move. Listen, we use this in um, in our soccer warm-ups. It's absolutely fantastic, you know, because obviously – you know, you've got to check to see where the movement of your teammates is and things like that. It's absolutely brilliant to watch, especially, you know, when it's fast paced. Um, she's just stepped up an age group now um, where there's instead of five players, there, there are seven players. Um, but she plays predominantly as a, a, a like a defensive uh, player because she's absolutely fantastic at reading the game and things like that. So it's uh, it's brilliant to watch. She gets that from her father. But, uh, you know, um Netball, they the ladies in Corfu. There's a there's like nine thousand or at the time nine thousand English ladies registered in, to live on Corfu Island. Wow. Oh yeah. Well, you know why they go on holiday and they meet Greek boys and they get married and whatever and they stay there forever. I mean, they there's more to, to the life than what they thought it was when they got into it. But whatever, and they they formed a netball league there, a team or two or whatever. So it's very interesting. Most of those ladies play tennis at my club too. So uh, I I kind of know a little bit about that sport but uh we don't have anything like that but we can talk about netball with her because we're going to have times during the winter where we won't have much to talk about with the football but uh at the end of the day we kick the daylights out of the bookies the bookies are getting scared that's the way it should be um you guys are, are doing all the picks by the way folks if you're reading those articles i only do the free pick those guys these guys carry the weight and that's a beautiful thing. And you guys are doing great. I mean, for guys who a year ago today never handicapped a game to amassing the amount of wins that you have and the analysis that you both give that is useful to gamblers, I, I have nothing but great high praise for both of you. Well done. Really Very much appreciate that, mate. Yeah, yep. definitely. definitely. You guys listen we are, we are to it. You see, that's you know what I always felt. You know we're we're kind of killing some time because there's a whole not a whole lot to talk about because there's about ten days where there's no football. But uh, I always felt, and I told you guys when I asked you, I actually I talked to somebody else about you two before, and I said I always felt that ex-athletes would make the best handicappers because they understand the game, and all we have to do is learn how to learn the numbers part, and that takes a long time. And you guys have picked it up rather quickly. You're great listeners, and that's why I picked you. Because, you know what, we know how to be coached, and that's a fact. And you guys learned a lot, and you're getting better every week. Um, we have tables to talk about, fellas. Uh, the EPL table in the German Bundesliga. Uh, let's start with the English Premier League, and Leicester City is at the top of the table. Tottenham is number two, Liverpool three, Southampton four, and Chelsea number five. I would venture to guess. Now, I'm not as adept 
with the EPL as you both are, and especially you, Gas. But I think that Leicester City being at the top of the table is probably a big surprise, right? Um, is it? I don't. I thought. I don't. I don't really know. Um, <laughs> they play. They play lovely football. I mean, you know, there's there's some unbelievably strange happenings and results going on at the moment in the Premier League. Um, you know, there's quite a few teams who've not really got going yet. Um, obviously, Manchester City is um, is an obvious one. Um, Arsenal have had a um, have had a sort of an inconsistent start. You know, Wolves have lost Diogo Jota. They're not really firing on all cylinders. You know, and that's given you know the likes of Southampton, um, with all due respect to them, and Aston Villa, Everton, Palace. They're not really top four, top five teams on any given year. Um, which is you know as as much as it is a surprise that Leicester are top. They they've been in and around you know the top five six over the last couple of seasons. Obviously they won the Premier League a couple of seasons ago. So I think their thinking would be. You know, we've we've been here before. I think they'll have that experience from a couple of years ago when they've actually got on to sustain uh, the attack throughout the season. Um, interesting thing, the Leicester, they've lost a couple of games as well. You know, uh, Tottenham haven't lost a game um, for the, in the last six. They've won four, uh, drawn one, um, and drew the other, actually. Liverpool, pretty similar, lost a, lost a game. Um, and then you look at the likes of Aston Villa and Everton, you know, they've got a couple of losses to the name and they're still sixth and seventh respectively. You know, uh, Man City are down in 10th and Man U are way down in, in 14th. Um, you know, obviously their seasons haven't really kick-started at all. I think the biggest surprise for me is um, is is Leeds. You know, they started off like a house on fire, um, playing some brilliant football and I think they, they're languishing in 15th at the moment, just behind... Uh, Behind Man U, they have four um, losses. So I think, yeah, yeah. I mean, they're they're finding it difficult at the moment. I mean, you can't always win football playing attractively. You know, you've got to do the ugly side of the game uh, to win. You know, one nil or a, you know a, a freak goal here or there, and you know the, the the top teams and the the more experienced teams in the league will will grind out results having played better and lost. Um, so I think over the next probably month or two. Uh, I think things will certainly before Christmas things will start settling down a little bit in the Premier League. Um, yeah. Leicester, if they continue, I think. Listen, I think they've got a charge this year. I really do. Maybe so. Where are you going with this, Eck? What do you think about all this uh, Premier League and Leicester City and uh, Tottenham at one and two, Liverpool <laughs> number three, and, and you got Man United at number fourteen and Burnley. Go Burnley, Burnley! You're going to be in the second division if you don't get your act together. Wow. What do you think, Eck? I, I, I'm not surprised by Lester, honestly. Um, you know, it's like Gas said, they've been around it. You know, they've been around it. They won it a couple of years back, uh, a few years back, I guess, I guess at this point. Um, you know, they missed out narrowly. I'm not sure on what the point or goal differential was. Or they missed out on Champions League uh, this past year. Um, so, I mean, you know, listen, they play good football. Um, I mean, they've got a nine, a plus nine goal differential right now. Uh, they've had some quality wins this season over City, uh, Villa, you know, who's hanging around the top six. They beat Villa. Arsenal's not really gotten kick-started yet. But listen, you take points off of Arsenal, that's a good thing. Um, and, uh, you know, win against the Wolves. So, they, so they've so they had some decent wins. Um, and, uh, yeah, I'm not really surprised at all that they're, they're going to be sniffing around the top four all, all season. I, I just... 
barring injuries or whatever, I don't I don't really see them uh, them falling off uh, too far from that pace. Whether they'll stay at top or not is yet to be seen. But uh, again, it's still early. We're only you know eight match weeks into into the season, and uh, you know roughly twenty five percent of the way in. I think I think it's too early to to, to decide who who's going to take it. Uh, Tottenham, again, you know they were struggling at the end of uh, last season. Um, you know they've brought on Gareth Bale to the squad, even though he's only uh, I believe gotten one goal so far this season. Um, they do have big wins. They've got a big win against uh, United, 6-1. Southampton, they beat 5-2. Um, on the flip side of that, 11 of their 19 goals so far this season have come in those two matches. Um, so basically, eight of their plus 10 goal differential is from those two matches. So I guess it's early to tell if they're for real, if they're going to be able to stick around, um, if they're going to be able to... Uh, score some more goals um, in in some of the other matches. Again, they've only scored, uh, you know, a handful of goals in their remaining six matches where they didn't score the 11 versus United in Southampton. So, um, but the I thing is with Tottenham, Eck, as I said, as I said before, sorry to interrupt you, mate, but they're, they're, they're starting to grind out results. Um, you know, whereas last year they probably wouldn't have won games. You know, they, they would have sort of accepted a draw. But I think Correct. Tottenham now is show, showing a little bit more determination in, Let's just keep going. Let's keep throwing, throwing things at it. And uh, you know they're winning a couple of games ugly, um, right? You know which which is a good, a good trait to have when you're, um, you know, when you you're looking to progress and 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 stay in contention for top one, two or three this year. I think that's a good sign for them. Well, especially early in the season, you know, winning yeah, winning those games ugly. Yeah. You know, while you're finding your form, while you're building, you, you're getting your new players into into the system. Uh, you know, I, I think that's important because you'll be playing better football, you know, uh, after the Christmas break and, and uh, hopefully and, and uh, you know, net now, whatever points you can accumulate and uh, it doesn't have to be attractive. Uh, I mean, you look at like Liverpool, listen, Liverpool's had a little bit of a hangover from from their season uh, last season. Um, I don't think it's realistic that you can you can play at that level uh, for two straight years. Um, you know, Liverpool is going to compete for the title. I don't think that there's any any doubt they're going to be one of the top three or four teams that are going to do so. Um, you know, I think, I think they, they've had a bit of a blow. They've had a, they've had a bit of a blow today as well with Joe Gomez. Um, yeah, he's away true, on right. international international duty. Um, right. I think I think from what I'm reading, it's um, he's done his cruciate ligament again. Um, he's already he's already had had one of these uh, one of these injuries that kept him out for almost a year. Um, so they're they're sort of thin on the ground in terms of defenders. Van Dijk's out with the same injury as well. I think Fabinho, um, you know, he he limped off the other week with a, uh, I think it was a hamstring tear, grade two, I think it was. So he's probably six seven weeks out. You know, so they're gonna they're gonna find themselves. I think the international break couldn't have come at a better time for them in terms of the other two. But obviously losing Gomez now, who's been sort of integral really with it with Van Dijk. Um, I think they're they're a little thin on the ground, so they may have to invest in uh, in the Jan- January window. Um, but they've got to get to the January window first, you know, and they've got some tough games coming up. So, you know, it'll be interesting to see what type of character these guys have got. Yeah, absolutely agreed. Um, Aston Villa, I'm quite happy with you know where they're sitting at this point. Um, you know, they're playing some decent football. Uh, they they're holding the last. Uh, I think they're in sixth right now, moving up from eighth from from last week. You know, five wins, only two losses, uh, with a plus nine goal differential, um, and they've got a game in hand as well. They've only played seven, whereas everybody else ahead of them in the table has already played eight. 
Um, you know, they've had some impressive wins. They've beaten Leicester. They've uh, beaten Liverpool. Um, you know, the remainder of their matches for the calendar year 2020 could help them accumulate some points uh, and keep them in the top, you know, five, six on the, on the table. Um, you know, they've got matches between Brighton, Newcastle. Um, Wolves won't be easy for them, but they've got Brighton, Newcastle, West Brom, and Palace. Um, they have the, quite an opportunity to to accumulate a lot of points over the, the rest of the calendar year and uh, really solidify, you know, a, a good a good hold in, in the top five or six uh, spots uh, in, in the table. Um, you have any thoughts on that, Gaz? Yeah, they're very similar to how Sheffield United came up last year. Um, I mean, Sheffield United at the moment, you know, they're sat in 20th place and seriously struggling. Um, you know, I think other than Burnley, they've got the worst goal difference in terms of goals scored in the in the, in the Premier League. I think they've scored four all season, Burnley with three. Correct. Um, you know, so I think Aston Villa, they need, they need to stay in the Premier League this year. They've been somewhat of a yo-yo club. In the, in the you know over the past ten years you know they've been up and down up and down and you know similar to West Brom as well they were struggling but um, you know I, again they play they play some attractive football they've, they've made some good buys I think um, the, the Ollie Ollie Watkins who they brought in from um, from Brentford you know there was a big price tag with him and it, you know it's, it's always can they make the step up you know that's the big thing can they make the step up to the Premier League I mean he scored a hat trick against Liverpool I mean if that's not proof that he can step up then I don't know what is, and he's, and he's scoring on a regular basis. I think the biggest thing for for Aston Villa this year was tying Jack Grealish down. You know, he's the life and soul of the of the party, really. For for Villa, he makes them tick. You know, he's the most fouled player in the in the Premier League. He draws fouls in. He's he's a tough cook. He's a tough kid. You know, he's getting his chance with the with the England team now as well. I think if they can keep him fit, uh, maybe add one or two in January, um, in terms of sort of you know bolstering the squad, not necessarily the starting eleven. I think they'll be okay this season. I, I really do. But, you know, as we alluded to before, Phil, Burnley, go Burnley. It's uh, at the moment, it's no show Burnley. Go Burnley. They scored three, three goals <laughs> and conceded 12 or whatever it may be. And they're, they're seriously struggling. They, they need, they need, um, they need a rocket. I think they need a rocket. They need to, they need to buy somebody who will score goals for them um, in the, in the January transfer window. Otherwise, I think, you know, it, it might even be too late by January for Burnley. Um, I think Sheffield United are struggling as well. I mean, you know, I thought Fulham would were, were dead and buried, you know, at the end of September. But they seem to have, you know, the thing is when you're down there and, and, and you know, at the moment with the point system or what have you, a win, a couple of wins or a draw, you know, it can pull you out of the relegation zones. And, you know, I think after, after Christmas, that's when the league table starts sort of, you know, piecing itself together. And then you, then you start looking at the, the important fixtures and things like that. We might get a draw there. We, you know, we might not score here. Or we might lose a couple of goals there, whatever it may be. And then, you know, that's obviously the thought process going into the January transfer window. You know, so um, certainly West Brom, Burnley, Sheffield United, Fulham, you know, they need to, um, they need to have a good, a good, um, you know, next six weeks, six to eight weeks before Christmas and then see how they can um, invest and improve in the, in the, in the transfer window in the areas that, that are going to be key to them uh, sort of staying up. West Ham. Listen. West Ham is my team that's surprising, and I'm going to watch them. I'm going to tell you why. I'm going to keep this. Keep an eye on West Ham. 
they have a plus four goal differential. Now, I'm a big fan of goal differential because if you're outscoring your opponents, that's usually a good sign. And if you're losing, it's usually because of a fluke or it could be because of the VAR messed up or whatever. You know, anything can happen. Maybe they had an injury or something. But when you have that type of goal differential and you're sitting at 12th place, I think they're going to fly like eagles here in a minute. I think they are. That usually is a good indication that something good is going to happen. Whereas West Brom, they've been outscored by 11 goals this season and they've only played eight games. Burnley outscored by nine goals. Sheffield United outscored by 10 goals. Those are three teams that could get regulated or relegated, but you know what? They got to do something. This is not right. Sheffield is a better team than last in the table, and I thought Burnley would be okay. Fulham, Fulham was the team I thought would be the worst, and they're darn close. So we've got interesting things to look forward to in the EPL, right? Agreed for sure. You know, Fulham right now is saying, oh my God, thank God we're not West Brom, Burnley, or Sheffield. I mean, with the considering the start that they had and and to be out of the relegation zone is 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 quite crazy to even think of. Uh, but the fact that these three teams have scored 13 goals combined, uh, you know, in in, I don't know, 23 matches. That's just not that's just not great. You know, a combined minus 30 goal differential. Uh, no, no. I, I mean, these guys need. They really need to have a next few good weeks, or otherwise, like Gaz said, come come the January transfer window, uh, you know they need to get some bodies in there just to pull them out of this, just to have the possibility because it might be too late by then. The be. winless, the winless. Yeah, West, West, West Brom's next game is away at Old Trafford against Manchester United. You know yeah, and, that uh, one might be a game where Manchester wins at home in the league, right? Well, for the first time, I think, yeah, in the uh, Premier League. Second time. Um, they, won the first, they won two weeks ago, remember? Because we all went for Manchester United at oh, home yes, and they, they lost. Did, yeah. Sorry, my mistake. Well, listen, you, you know, no, it's, okay, the, 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 the home wins are few and far between. You should moment. be proud of me. I you know, and, that. And, that, and that's my club. Yeah, that, well, that's very true. I think the big, listen, the thing you've got to remember is, um, you know, when, when you when you sort of, you know, any any anywhere from sort of 14th down to 20th, you know, it, it's usually the teams that, you would expect to be there. Now, West Brom going to Manchester United, they're not going to, then, you know, that's not a three point win for them on their, uh, on their whiteboard. You know, I, I know a lot of managers will, will have a look at the fixtures and they'll, and they'll put right expectations, three points, right. maybe a draw, maybe a win. So they're not going to be, they're not going to be judged on the, you know, the, on, on, on when they play the, the, the so-called top teams, you know, it's, it's the teams that are in and around them. And you know, obviously, you know the the famous saying is this: this is a six-point game. You know, you lose three points, we gain three points. Right. And that's why the the cliche, the cliche six-pointer comes in. I you heard know, that and that before. would be that would be um, you know relevant to say West Brom versus Burnley, you know, or Fulham versus Sheffield United, or Leeds versus West Brom, whatever it may be. You know, teams that are in and around you, that's where you're going to be judged. You know, if you're struggling against these teams, then you know. <laughs> You know, you would surmise that, you know, the writing's on the wall, and and you know, you, you've got to you've got to sort of accept that maybe we're not going to be good enough this season. Um, so, you know, th- that <clears throat> I think that can change an awful lot. As Eric said, you know, there's, there's there's a lot of football to be played. I mean, I wouldn't read too much into the into the Premier League at the moment. The table, obviously, Man United 14th, not realistic. Manchester City 10th, Arsenal 11th, not realistic. One thing I would say, Phil, 
um, adding to what you were saying before about West Ham. You know, I watched them six, seven weeks ago and they were absolutely appalling. They were appalling. Um, David Moyes, their manager, he he was isolating for for, for two weeks with um, with a positive test of COVID, and then you know things seems to sort of change when he when he returned. And I agree with what you're saying. You know they're starting to put a little bit of runner form together. I think they, you know the last five games they've won, they've won two, drawn two, and and had a little um, a little blip against um, against Liverpool, which again you know they weren't expected to win, so that that can be sort of brushed under the table. But I think um, you know they're starting to find the feet. They're starting to find a settled formation, a settled, settled starting eleven. Um, managing the substitutions well, bringing the right players on at the right time for whatever situation you know the team are in, whether they're winning one nil, they're up three nil, or they're down one nil, whatever it may be. He's making the right choices at the right time. So you know that's um, it's good. It's good use of squad. I think. Yeah. Listen. They're, they're due a good season because their fans are not happy. They haven't been happy with the with the owners and things like that. You know, it's um, it's a massive, massive club um, in the in the heart of the East End in uh, in, in in London. Although they call it West Ham, it's actually they're actually from the East End of London. Um, so yeah, it'd be interesting to watch them. You know, I think there's a lot of our our listeners may make some money on um, on West Ham in the coming weeks. Definitely. That's what I that's what I mean by that. See, now when you see a West Ham, okay, they're 12th on the table. No one seems to talk about them, which is fair because they're 12th in the table. They're not a famous team like. Manchester United, for example, being 14th. But you've got this goal differential. They're probably better than their record, and perhaps you're going to get a good value when you're betting, especially against a team like, for example, Wolverhampton, who has a minus one goal differential. Even though they've done better, they haven't done well. They've just done better. That means you might be able to find an underdog here with West Ham, against a Wolverhampton, perhaps a Crystal Palace. Those are things that you want to look for when you're gambling or sports betting, and that goes for, that holds true for every single sport. I know you guys have my basketball or my football and baseball books, and, and that that's, was in there there. It's part of the gambling process. This is how you find underdogs, by paying attention to that table and then listening to podcasts like this where guys like my two guys here no soccer like the back of their hand and know these teams. You know, that's how this thing works in concert, and we give this away freely for that reason. Now we got the German Bundesliga. We've been dabbling in that, and we're going to get into the La Liga next week because I want to spend a week looking at this because I haven't looked at anything in La Liga except for these the, the uh, Champions League and the big teams. But when you look at the Bundesliga, guys, that is pretty cut and dry. You've got... Bayern Munich, who just seems to be unstoppable everywhere they go, running away with this with a 16-goal differential plus. Then you got Leipzig. We figure they're going to be good. Dortmund, plus 10. Bayer Leverkusen, plus 6. And then you've got Union Berlin, plus 5. Wolfsburg, plus 2. you got Molken Gladbach. Um, they're even. They have, they've basically 12 and 12. And then you've got another team here who might not be bad, who might go underrated and undervalued in Stuttgart with a plus-four goal differential. Go ahead, take it away, Eric. You played in the Bundesliga, right? We always yes, tease sir. this guy about these things. <laughs> you should read our messages. I don't and, do and, that. And, and listen, it, it was for it was for uh, VFB Stuttgarter, if I'm not mistaken, V-Gates. 
Correct. There you go. <laughs> Correct. Thank, I'm the non-athlete. I'm the non-athlete here. So go ahead, fellas. Go, and, Eric. And, talk about this. And, and it's good to see Stuttgart back in there and doing as well. But I'll get to them in a moment. Okay. Uh, Bayern. I mean, seriously, do they belong anywhere but at the top of this table? Seven, eight years in a row. I think they're going to make it nine. I don't know who can compete with them. I mean, their goal differential last year was plus 68. I think at the rate that they're scoring goals now, they're going to shatter that record. They might be almost at a plus 80 in goal differential if they continue scoring at this rate. So I, I just they continue to exert their dominance, both uh, in the Champions League, in the Bundesliga. Um, yeah, they're for real. Um, Leipzig and Dortmund. Listen, both really, really good squads, uh, both dealing with some changes uh, from from last year's personnel. And uh, I think they're doing quite a good job uh, with that. Um, second and third, respectively, in the table. Uh, defensively, unbelievable. Leipzig's only have allowed four goals. Dortmund's have only allowed five goals. I think Bayern's given up 11 goals at this point. Um, but defensively, they're stout. And, uh, you know, that is, in fact, what is really hap- uh, keep keeping them uh, in all of their games. Uh, you, when you don't have to score a lot of goals to be successful, um, you know, that's a pretty good recipe. Um, they're not prolific in goal scoring, as, as certainly as, as Bayern. Um, they're under, you know, uh, they're giving up under 0.75 goals a game, which is, which is a good recipe for success. Le- Leverkusen, you know, they were sniffing right around the top four um, last year. So there's no reason to believe, uh, you know, that they wouldn't be returning. Um, Alario, uh, who's come in, he's filled the goal-scoring shoes uh, void by uh, Havertz uh, in his transfer to Chelsea. Um, he's second in the Bundesliga with seven goals behind, of course, Lewandowski with 11. Um, you know, they 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 are in the top four um, with four wins and three draws, and deservingly so. I think that they're they're a good team. I think they're going to be in that top four, five, uh, six picture the entire season. Um, so I, I don't really see much changing with them. Really excited for Union Berlin. Um, you know, last season uh, when we started uh, when we started predicting, uh, I don't think we predicted them to win all that much last season. I don't think we were. They, no, they they've, were been, a they've been a surprise. Heck. Yeah, they've, absolutely. They've been a surprise. One hundred percent. Sitting, sitting fifth, three wins, three draws, and a loss. Uh, I mean, they're they're just three points out of the top four. Um, the downside for them, however, though, is they've not really played anyone good yet. I don't anticipate that this is going to hold. Um, December is going to be a tough month for them. They're playing uh, Hertha. Uh, they're playing Bayern. They're playing Stuttgart. And they're playing Dortmund out the rest of the year. So I, I think the next four, four matches are going to really determine or, or show us where they belong. Um, I, I see them dropping out of that top five a, a little bit, but, uh, you know, if they can get some points off of Stuttgart and, and Hertha, uh, you know, I think that, uh, that'll certainly be good getting points off of Bayern and even Dortmund at this point is going to, is going to be, uh, is going to be difficult. And any thoughts on that guess? Well, I think you've covered virtually everything. I mean, you know, in terms of, um, in terms of, uh, Bayern, you know, I, listen. It, it, one thing you look for, and we've we've always got to be mindful of. You look at PSG in uh, in France. You know, and, and basically they, they they clean up, they wipe the floor with everybody in every competition every year, and it's easy for them. You know, um, there was always that thought 
behind, you know, can Bayern Munich sustain, you know, the form that they've got domestically and transfer that into Champions League and, you know, the domestic cups and things like that. And obviously the answer has always been yes. In terms of the, you know, the goal differences, I know they've shipped in 11 goals, but, you know, you've got to factor in that everybody else below Bayern Munich is playing catch-up. So when they score a goal, you know, they... If I was the coach, and rightly so, I'd want to shut up shop. I'd want to protect that goal, um, and not really, you know, if we if we're one nil up and we're winning the game comfortably, why do we need to go and score another goal? Whereas Bayern Munich, Bayern, Bayern Munich are just, you know, a rollover machine. You know, if if you score two, we're going to score three. If you score three, we're going to score four, and that's the way they've sort of adapted their philosophy um, to take that into you know, the, the the highest table, which is the Champions League, and, and look how it's worked for them. Um, I think Leipzig, you know, they're still a, a team that are in their infancy, you know, in terms of where they actually stand and the status and things like that. Dortmund, you know, Dortmund have obviously got a lot more experience than Leipzig, you know, but they were always, you know, the, the second team, the, the, the silver place in, in Germany, you know. So I think they're, you know, there's, there's sort of a mini league between, Leipzig, Dortmund, and maybe you know Leverkusen and Munchen Gladbach. Really, if we're if we're being honest, um, so I'm not too surprised at how that league is actually set up in the minute. One thing I would say, you know, like I said before, Union Berlin, um, my little uh, my little crush in the Bundesliga last year were Hertha Berlin, you know, and obviously after lockdown they came back firing on all cylinders. Where Union were, were nowhere to be seen. Um, they've made a good start. They're kind of like the you know the equivalent of Aston Villa in the English English Premier League. Um, you know they they scraped through last year to stay in the league, and then they've they've sort of hit the ground running. As Eric said, and this is what I alluded to before in terms of the, the, the you know the lower half of the Premier League, it's when you start playing against the other teams. Um, and Eric said, obviously, you know this is on the reverse side where these guys are sitting in fifth. They've not really played anybody yet, but it's nice to have the points on the board. You know, so we always say money in the bank. They've got the money in the bank at the moment. You know, when they start playing the likes of Leverkusen, Dortmund, Leipzig, Mönchengladbach, and they're not really expected to pick up points, at least they've already got the points on the board at the moment and then worry about the teams that are in and around them as to where they're going to finish in the league. Um, Stuttgart, very similar. You know, they've uh, they've had a, a, a decent start coming up. You know, they've had a, you know quite a lot of draws, more than uh, more than wins. But I think if they uh, if they keep doing what they're doing, I think they they won't have any problems um, staying up. Hertha Berlin for me, you know my team. Um, I think they've had a, only one win in the last four or five, a couple of draws, and the rest have been defeats. So you know it's um, it's disappointing to see that. Uh, Armenia Bielefeld they've come up. Um, you know they've lost every single game of the last five, and uh, you know they're still sitting in fifteenth. Um, I know they're only on four points, but you look at Schalke. I mean, Schalke. How many times have we spoke about these guys? Um, I've no idea what's what's gone wrong there. Maybe it's lack of recruitment, bringing in the wrong players. Maybe the the the, the manager's not right for the club. You know, I think they've other than Bio, you know Biofield, they've scored four goals. Schalke have scored five and shipped in twenty-two. You know, and they've um, they've they've not won a game for um, an extended period of time. So. They've been a huge disappointment. And maybe if they go down, that might be the kick up the backside that they need to reinvest and, you know, refigure out the philosophy and whatever it may be. But they're in dire straits at the moment. But, you know, it's still always an exciting league. But I think when you take Bayern Munich out of the equation, you know, it's, it's a who's who in the zoo, really, in terms of the top four, five or six. 
It seems that way. You know, um, for me, the teams I'm watching from a betting standpoint, Mönchengladbach, I'm looking for them maybe as as a draw candidate. They have scored 12 and, and given up 12. Same with uh, Werder Bremen, 9-9, nine nine, zero goal differential. Another team, Hertha. You're Hertha Berlin. Zero goal differential. Yeah. These are teams. These are teams that are at towards the bottom of the table, and these are teams that'll probably be undervalued at some point. And when they are, if we don't nail them, you nail them. That's how it works. One of the other things we've got to be mindful of as well, both in the Premier League and in in, in Germany and in Spain, when you know, obviously, when we start um, when we start on on La Liga, you know, our listeners got have got to be really mindful of what European competitions these teams are in as well. You know, because you Stuttgart, your Werder Bremens, you know, your Hertha Berlins, your Aston Villas, your Crystal Palaces, these guys are not playing in, in Europe. You know, so, for example, Man United went to Turkey last um, last Wednesday, arrived back home Thursday morning, 4 a.m., and they were playing Saturday morning, um, midday, or Saturday afternoon, midday. You know, so these, these, are, these are other factors, mitigating circumstances that, will affect how a team will pre- perform, you know, on the weekend. So I think it, it would be really mindful of people who follow us and listen to us to actually check out which European competition, competitions are on and, and when, you know, and, and, and base their their picks on, you know, the fixtures and the, and the selections that we put out on the weekend based on what's happened the week before. Well, that's exactly right. And that's why you should listen to this show. Now, next week, we'll look at Europa League competition and the teams that are in that competition from La Liga and from Bundesliga, and from the EPL, because those are important, because as one former Greek national team player and played for my team, Panathinaikos, not that red whatever, um, I can say it in Can I say it in Greek? I can say that in Greek, right? Kokinos kata. Well, yeah, why, why not? Kokinos kata. Kokinos kata <laughs> iomada. I'll, I'll tell you what that means, Eric, after the, game, after the show. Now, so that's what we're going to be doing. <laughs> It means hello. How's your day? That's what it does mean. Yes, of course it does. You know, I'm surprised. I'm not even amazed that Gas can pick up little bits of every language that he's every country he's been in. That's amazing. See, I, I've done. I've been able to do that too. That's why we we have a different kind of bond, right? Correct. I understand when he says Cyprus, as we spoke about. Oh my God! Now I'm not allowed in Cyprus because I'm Greek. But uh, at the end of the day, I, I know all about what you're talking about. Um, now. You know, we did this thing on my show, the Phil Nason Show, many years ago, and it was a rousing success. We called it NBA Coaches on the Hot Seat. And and what we would do every couple weeks is we would look at some coaches who may get fired. Now, we don't call them coaches in in football. We call them managers. So we're going to do a segment every two or three weeks during these lull periods. And we talk about a couple of coaches or managers who we think could get fired now gaz you're up first who do you think give us a coach that you think might not survive this season well i mean we spoke about this off air before i think there's you know there's a couple certainly over here in the uh, in the premier league um i mean chris wilder um manager of sheffield united right um hometown club you know led them to the dizzy heights um last year uh, playing some lovely football, never say die football. Um, I think there's a lot of teams in the Premier League now have worked them out from last year, and obviously they're sitting in twelfth, uh, in 20th. So I think, you know, in terms of popularity and loyalty, I don't think his job at the moment is 
is under too much threat. But that being said, listen, it's a business. And, you know, if you're not going to put in points on the board, then there's obviously going to be questions asked. Um, Sean Dyche at Burnley, um, good friend of mine, Franz Carr, used to play in the English Premier League over here. I'm sure spoke spoke about him before. Um, he used to clean Franz's boots um, back in the day. And, you know, he's, he's a fantastic manager. Um, he's been with Burnley now, I think, six, seven, eight years, something like that. And the the I think the fans are questioning now, um, not so much the manager, but the 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 club in terms of actually backing him because he's been he's been um, he's been linked with you know high higher team jobs uh, or high high profile jobs should I say over the last sort of two three years because of the job that he's doing at Burnley, um, he's never really been given the backing that would suggest that Burnley. Uh, you know, we're going to have a go at things because, you know, year in, year out, they punch above the weight. Uh, I think this year there's been a bit of discontent of the club between manager and, and, and you know, the the board. So I think he he may walk before he's pushed. I don't think they'll push him at the moment. But again, like I say, it's a business, you know, so his, his head could be on the block. I don't think it'd be, you know, too much of a surprise if he actually resigned. Um, and I don't think it'd be too much of a surprise if he actually got sacked. So I think the big one for me is obviously Slavin Bilic. You know, he's he's coming to West Brom, and you know, nobody really knows the identity of West Brom at the moment in terms of how they play, how they want to set up. You know, figuring out different teams and tactics and things like that. You know, they they play some nice football. They they they're lovely on the ball, but there's no real sort of desire, killer instinct in the team. You know, there's no sort of, um, you know, opening the door with, with, with creative players and things like that that might get you over the line in games. And, you know, I think they're, they're going to struggle. I'm actually surprised they're only, you know, third third bottom of the league uh, as opposed to, to bottom, which, which would tell you that Burnley and Sheffield United aren't doing really well. Um, Scotty Parker at Fulham, you know, obviously he's, he's going to be under pressure. Um, you know, they're 17th. I think the win... Uh, the other week against uh, West Brom, you know, they beat somebody in and around them, which was a good result. They, I think they won 2 0. You know, that sort of gave them a little bit of breathing space. And then obviously they, they lost 1 0 at West Ham and they, did, they didn't play too well. So maybe there's signs of improvement in that in that group of players. Um, you know, other than that, you know, it all depends on, you know, I think in terms of Man City, Pep Guardiola keeps coming out and saying, yeah, I'm happy at Man City, I'm happy at Man City. You know, I think the biggest thing for them is how, how well they're doing the. The Champions League, that's what he's going to be judged on because they've won everything else domestically anyway. Um, so I think, you know, between the four of them, Fulham, West Brom, Burnley, Sheffield United, it doesn't take a rocket scientist, right, scientist to actually predict that, you know, these guys' heads could be on the uh, on the block. Um, so, you know, don't be surprised if there's, um, if there's any heads that will actually roll within the next coming weeks after the international break. Well, that could happen. What do you think, Act? We'll wrap up the show because you basically, Gaz covered all my picks. Yeah, I I agree with uh, Sean Dyche and, and Scott Parker. They're precarious in, in their in their roles. Um, they're just because of performance, you know. At this point, um, you know the the other point that Gaz made: prominent coaches of prominent clubs or prominent managers of prominent clubs. Listen, it, it it's always precarious with them because they're always in the headlines. So you're only going to Soscar, although United has not performed. Uh, with any consistency there's been a lot of hype and a lot of talk about him going and that the Everton win saved him and so on and so forth whether there's any truth behind that or not it, it doesn't matter 
you know, Ronald Koeman, you know, Barcelona is off to the worst start in 18 years. You know, they're sitting eighth in La Liga. Oh, my God, what do we do? You know, so there's obviously talk that, you know, he may not last. Um, you know, Thomas Tuchel uh, at PSG, PSG uh, you know, they've struggled a little bit in, in, in Champions League. Um, listen, they're probably going to run away with League One, as, as they seem to always do. But, you know, how many times can you get to the semifinals or finals of the Champions League and not come away with something? At some point in time, someone's going to have to someone's going to have to take the hit for that. Um, so, so there's always something there, uh, as far as, uh, coaches of prominent programs. My, my big one at this point in time is, is in the Bundesliga, uh, Florian Kofeld with, uh, Werder Bremen. Um, they're sitting ninth in the table, uh, at this point, but at present, their only win has come against Armenia and, and a 10 man Schalke. So they're really not, you know, even though they're sitting in the middle of the table, they're really not showing that they can compete uh, and play with with the big boys in in the Bundesliga. Um, I mean, if your only points are off of a team that's newly promoted and a team that most definitely is going to get relegated, and they needed ten men, you know, go down to ten men for you to beat them, I, I think I think his his future with the team is precarious. Could be, but that's the fun part about it. We never know. You know, we never know what these owners are thinking. Like Chelsea, for example. Now, Frank Lampard may be that guy forever. Or Obramovich wakes up tomorrow morning and says, you know what, I can find better. You just never know. Remember George Steinbrenner from the Yankees? Billy Martin, he fired him, what, four or five times? It's crazy, huh? Yeah. Yep. Well, I'll tell you what, this has been a great show. And and I got to say this. You have to go over there and get those picks from Pro Soccer Weekly each and every week. These guys are raking. And you should, too. For 10 bucks, you'd have won $1,300 if you played all of our picks, including my, my winning pick from the free pick of the day. That was pretty good. And $1,300 in this economy with this president coming in, that'd be a good little <laughs> boon, a real good little <laughs> boon for Ekin Gas. I'm The Flash. Thanks for listening to Pro Soccer Weekly. You too, Scartastic. You've been listening to Pro Soccer Weekly. Join us in our next installment for all of your pro soccer news on Pro Soccer Weekly. Pro Soccer Weekly.